Welcome to the Daily Objective, uh, day 36 of the war in Israel. Uh, you know, we are uh, here at Ayn Rand Center UK. We talk about uh, UK-related stuff as well uh, and UK-related stuff in the context of uh, this war. And uh, that's what uh, we're going to do today. I'm joined by Morgan Carter. We're going to uh, get to our topic in a second. Uh, let me just give a few updates on uh, what's going on at the moment. So uh, there's a, um, there have been sirens about, uh, you know, uh, because Israel thinks there's uh, um, drones flying in from both the north and Gaza. Uh, now, those are not easy to detect as uh, uh, you would suspect. So they're not certain about it. But this is another another one of those things that you know, keeps happening, especially with the North, uh, where Israel isn't really acting. So uh, as we've said on this show in the past, it is uh, Hezbollah's decision uh, if to escalate, how much to escalate, and they, uh, you know, and, and how they escalate it uh, is something, uh, if they if they so choose, we will find out once they do it, like we did with uh, Hamas. Israel still isn't uh, learning its lesson uh, from October 7th, uh, the, the defense secretary in Israel did, uh, defense minister did say, uh, you know, we can do in Beirut what we uh, are doing in Gaza. But as we've seen, those are uh, words. Uh, I now see that there's um, uh, just now news that uh, five more Israeli soldiers died in Gaza. Uh, all right, so let's go to our topic today. Now, the topic of uh, anti-Semitism in the Labour Party is, of course, not a new thing. It was very much in the news uh, with Jeremy Corbyn, who is a, a full-on anti-Semite, uh, has uh, dedicated much of his life to supporting uh, not just people who kill Jews, but uh, particularly them, but uh, yeah, supporting basically every... Uh, tyrant or wannabe tyrant in anywhere in the world uh and of course he was a wannabe tyrant himself it just didn't work out because uh, he didn't get elected uh, those of you who have been following our work from uh uh pre uh youtube although we were on youtube at the time but uh, weren't as active as we are now will uh, maybe remember that in 2019 right before the election we did a um a, a one-day conference basically about uh, the possibility of a Jeremy Corbyn-led government. Uh, it was titled, A Socialist Britain, What Are We In For? And uh, the first uh, the first session of that conference was a talk by Yaron Brook, which he has given in the past as well, um, titled uh, Anti-Semitism and uh, Anti-Capitalism, or the other way around, I don't remember which which way it is. But uh, you can find that talk on ARI's uh, YouTube channel that was, and, and I think on your own as well, that was an ARI-sponsored event. Uh, so yeah, this is uh, this is nothing new. But now, because the leader isn't, uh, you know, is on board with the uh, hatred of Jews and particularly of uh, Israel as the previous one, but the party is still the party of the previous leader in so many ways, uh, there's now turmoil within the Labour Party in the UK. Uh, some people have left. 
probably other others will uh, uh follow and uh start their own party where being a socialist who wants the Jews exterminated uh is more uh acceptable than it is in in uh, labor party now we could uh you know you you could uh, be confused by this and think well is is uh, the labor leader actually pro israel no uh he he just isn't as keen to call for a ceasefire right after hamas's massacre and before israel has done any uh significant damage to hamas but of course we see uh we see opinion in the west among western leaders uh shifting as we knew it would uh, in the favor of Hamas, uh, French President Macron already said said yesterday Israel needs to stop killing babies and uh, women. So, uh, uh, yeah, and and of course the uh, labor anti-Semites are unhappy with uh, the fact that uh, the French president is saying that while their leader isn't. Morgan, uh, your thoughts on um, the situation in labor at the moment and what that means for the future and for next year's general election, where labor is uh, the heavy favorite to win. Yeah. Um, and of course, it's uh, secretly supported by Aaron Razi here. Uh, maybe he's changed his mind. Who knows? But um, so labor has had an ongoing problem with anti-Semitism for quite a while now. Um, and it's been bubbling underneath the surface. And then every few years, there's a kind of peak where it'll spew out and get into the news and they'll really clamp down on it hard. So um, I think it's it's been there for a long time, but as you kind of mentioned, it came to the fore majorly when Jeremy Corbyn was leader. Um, Corbyn was elected leader. It would have been back in, I guess, 2015. And then maybe it was early 2016, around right about then. But um, periodically over the next few years, what we saw was scandals about this coming out. Um, and in particular... One of them, which I which I've just sent to Daniel to show an image of, I don't know if you've got it there, Daniel, um, involved a piece of graffiti, which Corbyn defended. Um, it's not come up on my screen just yet, but there you go. So, <clears throat> if people can't quite tell what that is, that's a piece of graffiti on a wall. Uh, there's the pyramid of the all-seeing eye in the background, and then what are sat around a table playing Monopoly as a bunch of kind of stereotypically depicted Jewish financiers who are resting the Monopoly board on the backs of kind of, I guess, the common people who are all naked and are clearly kind of enslaved to some degree. So this piece, this art was about to be taken down and has since been taken down. And back in 2012, Corbyn tweeted in support of this. And he and he basically um, told the artist that he shouldn't be embarrassed about this because he's in a noble line of great art, which was tried to be snuffed out by the capitalists. And he referenced a piece of art that Rockefeller once want, uh, wanted taken down as well. Um, and this got Corbyn into a lot of trouble because obviously if you look at that image, it's very clearly an anti-Semitic depiction. And, and on the level that if that were a piece of art that was on display in Nazi Germany, I don't think you would blink twice at it. And so people obviously wondered how on earth did the Labour leader not see an issue with this image um, he initially tried to say he supported it on free speech grounds, not a principle he's particularly dear to in other circumstances, and then retracted that because that was unpopular um, with the country at large. Um, but very clearly, Corbyn saw that mural and didn't see see that it was enough of a problem um, to to just stay away from it. Even if he thought, even if he agreed with the something it was saying he didn't think that there was something enough wrong with it that it's a kind of pr nightmare 
so he should stay away with stay away from it um and that kind of kindled um the contra the controversy about anti-semitism and labor and that and as part of this there was an investigation in 2016 headed by chami chakrabarti who's a labor peer in the house of lords and used to be the director of liberty which is a pro-freedom pressure group in the uk into anti-semitism in the labor party and if you go read that report what she reported was that anti-semitism was a problem in labor she tried to kind of ameliorate it and gloss over it a little bit by saying it reflects a broader problem in british society overall um which I think is actually true. If you see, if we look at what's been going on just today with 300,000 people marching in London, I don't think that's false, but she's broadly, and she and she was also saying that it's a problem in the Conservative Party as well, uh, which is true and which I have some anecdotes about as well. But um, she found that there was an anti-Semitism problem in Labour after an extensive investigation, access to private messages, interviews with MPs. And, you know, she implemented, she recommended a number of things to kind of improve to try and improve the situation, to reduce anti-Semitism in labor. But if, basically it was a PR job. And although they might have implemented some policies here and there, um, anti-Semitism remained a big problem in labor, notably in connection, obviously, to uh, labor's position around Hamas and Palestine. Corbyn, of course, once referred to Hamas as our friends. He once hosted an event with leaders from Hamas and referred to them as our friends from Hamas. So even if, um, the way anti-Semitism manifests amongst the mainstream of the Labour Party. Um, and Labour, of course, thinks of itself as the party which is anti-prejudice, anti-bigotry and so on. Um, isn't the kind of strong, consciously held, virulent type of anti-Semitism, which you'll find on the fringes, and which does pop up every now and again. Clearly, there's not enough of a kind of allergy towards it that they, stay, that they view it as unconscionable and they stay away from it. So there's a kind of permissible attitude towards anti-Semitism a lot of the time. And that's what I think what you saw happening with the Jeremy Corbyn supporting that mural. He didn't think it was enough of an issue to stay away from it. Um, and so those are my opening thoughts. I don't know if you have anything to say on that. Let's see. Yes, I was just uh, looking on Twitter to see, uh, uh, to check something. So the, uh, the Jeremy Corbyn tweet from, actually, let me just make sure this is true. Uh, yes. The Jeremy Corbyn tweet from October 17th is uh, still up. It says Israeli airstrikes have hit Al-Ali Hospital in Gaza. More than 500 people, patients, doctors, and those sheltering have been killed. Uh, and uh, and he goes on. Um, now, when uh, when Hamas was while Hamas was slaughtering Israelis uh, in the most brutal and horrific ways, uh, and and live streaming themselves on social media, Jeremy Corbyn uh, tweeted basically uh, something, you know, uh, blaming both sides and calling for a ceasefire, which he knows is, is a one-sided call because Hamas is, uh, is, 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 nobody ever calls for a ceasefire uh, that is aimed at Hamas. Um, a few years ago, I remember him uh, tweeting or, or posting a, something on uh, somewhere about uh Hanukkah, the Israeli, the Jewish, uh, the Jewish holiday, and uh, he uh, tweeted about that, and then he wrote about 
in that tweet somehow about the plight of the Palestinians, which raises the question, you know, what what is it about Hanukkah that makes you think of uh, of the Palestinians and uh, how oppressed they are? So, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, you know, it's not just that uh, uh, all of everything we just mentioned and, yeah, him calling Hamas and Hezbollah friends, um, inviting them uh, to to parliament, him uh, uh, going to funerals of people whose only claim to fame is the murder of Jews. Uh, yeah, Jeremy Corbyn has a, a long history of this. Now, this is not something that's unusual. What's unusual is that this guy was almost prime minister of the UK. He was the leader of uh, the second biggest party, the main opposition party. And his ideas are still so prevalent in that party that the current leader, who is, again, on track to... Uh, become prime minister with a landslide victory uh, next year is, uh, you know, he he can't, he, he's going to have a hard time uh, keeping his position and running the party because of how full it is of people uh, who basically hate Jews and want to see, uh, want to see those who are fighting to exterminate the Jews uh, victorious. Yeah. Um just something I forgot to mention is I, I agree with you about Starmer, by the way, that I'm not sure what his real personal conviction is about Hamas in Palestine, but what he's what he's come out for is, you know, hard against the ceasefire. And what Labour's been doing recently is they've been very seriously positioning themselves for office. So um, they've been very seriously kind of evaluating their policy positions and considering how ideologically hardline they should be. Um, and there's been a bit, bit of back and forth for example, about how how they should treat private schools. And that's obviously them evaluating to what degree should we promote the kind of egalitarian agenda and to what degree is the public going to be okay with that. And I view his coming out strong against Hamas, like, uh, sorry, strong against a ceasefire, um, essentially as him recognizing that the, ma- the mainstream of the British public aren't going to like that, that it's too close to being Jeremy Corbyn-like. Um, Corbyn what was notable about him was very much of the kind of intellectual left, university educated, kind of hard left type. Um, and although that might have appealed to young people who are broadly that type, it didn't appeal to the mainstream of the British populace. And when, um, after his first election as leader of the Labour Party, they were celebrating very strongly, but very much they were, they were celebrating that they didn't lose quite as bad as they thought they might. And the people who are serious in Labour about being government recognise that's a problem. So what they're trying to, what I think they're trying to do is they're trying to stay as far as they can away from anything that's Corbyn-esque. So supporting a ceasefire, I think they would recognise is too lefty, is not what the kind of centre of the country wants, um, or or would kind of it would stink too much of being like Jeremy Corbyn. So I think that's why Starmer is doing that. Um, I had something else to say because I can't because of something you said, but I've it's slipped my mind now. But that's why have you Corbyn to be doing that? Yeah, that's and 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 that's uh, something else. It's not unique in in politics in general, which is you uh, you want to become leader of a party, you need to pander to the base. You want to then actually win a general election, you need to uh, uh, pander to the center. So um, yeah, and and of course it raises the question. Uh, which has been raised, I believe, on this show, which is how to what extent can Keir Starmer be actually trusted uh, with anything he says? Because I, I we've mentioned before the war, we we uh, spoke about the Labour Party a few times, and we mentioned how his policies are uh, definitely uh, 
nowhere near as left wing on economics as Jeremy Corbyn's are, and and with the conservatives being quite left wing themselves uh, on on one or two issues, it actually sounded like they're not as bad. But his party is controlled by uh, the public sector unions, uh, and they are left wing. And his his uh, base, as we can see, is uh, has. Uh, many anti-Semites in it. Uh, you know, we, we don't know the percentage because I don't think they would answer it in a poll. But uh, yeah, so he he has a uh, he has a problem there. I think uh, the party. I don't know. I don't know if to say the party has a problem because the party. Uh, you know, this is this is what they are. I think I think they're more consistent with with Jeremy Corbyn as as a leader and uh, and with them uh, pretending a bit less, but. Yeah, yeah. As as somebody who lives in the UK, this is, uh, you know, it, it is it is scary. So I, you know, it's it's an interesting question I want to ask you. Really, is how how has your experience with the degree of anti-Semitism in British society been since you've moved here? Just because historically, I don't know if people know this, especially most of our viewers are from outside the UK. Britain has had, you know, an anti-Semitism problem. I think you might put it that way. Jews at one point in British history, although as many centuries ago, were completely expelled from the country and weren't let back in, I think, until it was post Elizabethan period. Um, and if you look then at Shakespeare's plays or the plays of the Elizabethan period, you've got the Merchant of Venice, which although there's a kind of sympathy towards the Shylock character, there's an awful lot of anti-Semitism contained in that play. And then if you look at Christopher Marlowe, um, the Jew of Malta, his character Barabbas is even more of an anti-Semitic stereotype. And then as you kind of go into the 19th century, you see um, the prime minister whose name's escaping me now, Disraeli, Benjamin Disraeli, become prime minister. And he was actually Christian, but he was from a Jewish background. And when he was standing to be MP, uh, members of the public and his opponents would um, put a piece of pork on a stick and dangle it in front of his face and say, you know, Jew, Jew, um, and try and make fun of him. Um, and he did manage to become prime minister but that you know with a lot of prejudice against him so it's kind of it's obviously something which is to a lo a lower degree today amongst i think the mainstream of british society but it's kind of it's a kind of peculiar disease of the british aristocratic class and intellectual class in effect um that it kind of bubbles in, underneath the surface and is kind of there and it's hard to get it every now and again except when it bursts out in examples like Jeremy Corbyn, but but my ultimate question: How do you? What's your judgment of it? Do you, do you think it's widespread? Do you think it's uh, on the fringes, or how do you view it? So first of all, I uh, yeah, I, I do think it's um, widespread. I can't compare it to the Israelis' time, but I I, I and it, it's it's different in nature in that you they don't shout you know they don't shout at Jews uh, you know as such they uh claim to be pro-palestine which is now the uh you know the safe way to express your anti-semitism so yeah look right now i think it's right now in london right or, or maybe it was earlier that uh many i i don't know how many of these people uh, uh lie about numbers but i guess tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of uh pro-hamas protesters are out in the street uh, you know, chanting from the river to the sea, which is a call to, uh, you know, exterminate the Jews in Israel, uh, whatever excuses these people might make for it. And um, 
yeah, so that's scary. I mean, me personally, uh, you know, somebody told me when uh, this started, um, you have nothing to worry about because you look like a Muslim. So uh, I don't know <laughs> to what extent that's Is that because true. of your hijab that you wear every day? Or I don't know. It's because of my skin color and facial hair, I guess. But uh, yeah, so I, I am not, you know, directly targeted, but... Uh, a friend of mine, I don't know, I don't know if he uh, wants this mentioned, although he may have actually mentioned it himself, but I'll keep his name out of it just in case. Uh, he was uh, walking down the street in, in London a few weeks ago, and he's not from a Jewish background, and uh, but he has a beard and he wore a top hat that uh, is similar to what some religious uh, religious Jews wear. And he twice in one day had people shouting at him uh, something like free Palestine or, or something like that. Now, again, free free Palestine, you put the word free and it sounds really nice. But then uh, what what is it, you know, what is it that inspires such a person to shout at somebody because he looks like a Jew? So, uh, yes, I think uh, I think the fact that it's so widespread and the fact that it's so accepted as in uh you know even even when there's government ministers saying how they disapprove it's not if this was you know uh hundreds of thousands of people white people marching uh and demanding some sort of action be taken against black people i don't think it'll be difficult for, for people to see what's wrong with that but when it's jews and when they say it's about the israel the state of israel it's somehow different uh so yeah it's scary times yeah um uh, yeah. just to you know i although i don't want to take the focus off labor just to i guess hammer home to people that there is a kind of broad problem in british culture of anti-semitism because and a lot of this anti-semitism we're seeing at the moment with labor is connected to one university educated intellectual types so there's that kind of strand of it and there's a there's a history of that which i kind of mentioned goes back about a hundred you know well a lot hundreds of years but in the last hundred years it was a very common almost viewed as i kind of think a kind of eccentric affectation of the british aristocratic class if you go look at the history of the mitford family for example um and their support for hitler and then um unity and diana mitford um involvement with national socialism um, Diana, who then went to go on, went on to marry Oswald Mosley, who was originally a Labour Party government minister before going on to found the British Union of Fascists. Um, there's a lot of kind of upper class kind of holding of anti-Semitic views, which kind of connects to their, their time in education. So there's that strand of it. And then there's a the strand of it, which is coming from um, essentially first and second generation immigrants from um, Arabian countries, I think, or who are just generally Muslims who view... I guess, in a tribalistic way that they should support Palestinians. I suppose that's why they hold that opinion. Um, but even then, if you look at, um, for example, like the writer Kingsley Amos, who was a very popular British writer who died in the 90s, um, didn't disguise the fact that he was an anti-Semite. Um, Martin Amos, his son, who just died a few months ago, um, wrote in his memoirs about the fact that when he was a when he was a kid, he would play Scrabble with his dad and his dad once smirked and spelled out the word Yid on the Scrabble board as if it was some terribly funny thing that he'd just done. So this is kind of, there's a kind of con consistent problem in British society of this that rears its head every now and again. And 
the way to understand it in the Labour Party of why it's an, a special problem is that the Labour Party is kind of made up of one, this historic intellectual type um, who 100 years ago, you know, would have been around the Mitford family and the Labour Party of that time. And then also you've got um, a strong base of members um, of the Labour Party who are from these kind of immigrant communities where anti-Semitism is a, is a common belief. Um, you know, immigrants from Arabian countries or Muslim immigrants into the UK um, generally don't vote conservative. They're quite conservative communities, but they generally vote Labour. So what you get is a kind of melding of these two groups, and then you have a very strong anti-Semitic uh, current that's, that lies in the party and which rears its head every now and again. So that's where this kind of, in my view, that's where this anti-Semitism problem in its current iteration is kind of coming from. Yeah, and I think uh, part of that is is also um, definitely with with the issue of uh, Muslim immigrants, uh, and and I think that's uh, that's that's an issue of of multiculturalism. That's something I think we should talk about on a show uh, soon. The 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 way multiculturalism has uh, is basically a form of racism, uh, built in racism, and uh, and you know the, 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 most of the opposition to it unfortunately sounds a bit racist as well uh so we will uh we will you know provide the uh, rational alter alternative on that as we try to do on many things uh thank you bonnie thank you gail uh for the super chats we uh tomorrow will be back here at 6 p.m uk time we will be talking about unra the um let me tell you the exact uh, yeah, United Nations Relief and Works Agency for Palestine Refugees in the Near East. They are, um, you know, Hamas collaborators in Gaza, funded by all of us. Uh, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about how Israel is starting to, at least diplomatically, um, or, or PR-wise, fight the PR war against the UN as well. Uh, Israel, yeah, is now fighting PR wars. Hopefully it will, uh, you know, fight the actual war better uh, but yeah we 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 will uh, on the pr front we will uh we will help so that israel can focus on uh the rest so we'll see you back here tomorrow thank you morgan uh the philosophy forum for uh platinum rear metal and midas mulligan members starts in two minutes thanks see you tomorrow <laughs>